blessed eclipse season, dear ones. Today is stream 20, 2.0, and it is June 14th, 2020. We're here in between three big eclipses, and I am so honored and lucky to have my dear friend, soul sister, and colleague, Michelle, joining us today for a sacred conversation. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much for being here, Michelle. Thank you so much, Jessica. It's such an honor to be sharing this space with you today and just so open to seeing what wants to come through us. Oh, well, I love that about you. And I am also feeling very open and excited for communing and channeling with you. We pulled a very powerful tarot spread before this, and we definitely have some high priestess energy and some kind of major arcana energy going on here. So I'm excited to see what we want to uh, co-create together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so stream 20 is so exciting for me because A, it means that I'm loving doing this enough to have made it to 20, but B, that everybody else loves it enough that <laughs> this is worthwhile. And I'm just so excited that you are the one that gets to be on stream 20 with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what I want to know is, who are you and how did you make it onto my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm, I'm receiving right now this like montage of beautiful images of our, of our connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of all the, and I'm getting, you know, teary just thinking about it. I'm thinking of all the times that we got to go over to one another's houses and share our gifts with one another. Um, I, I'm, I'm envisioning all of the moments that your freedom of expression inspires me, continues to inspire me. Um, and you know, all the learning that I do from you, um, whether it's your work, uh, around astrology or depth psychology or transpersonal, just, just being in community with you. So all of those, those, um, aspects of our, of our relationship are, are in my my heart and in my soulscape right now and oh, and who am I? Who am I? I'm here today um, as an experiencer of spiritual emergence and emergency. I'm here as a one year shy of a licensed MFT. <laughs> oh, almost there. Um, and a spiritual emergence coach, uh, an Akashic record reader and healer. And um, I do other, other forms of energy work, including chakra balancing, aura, and field, um, and space clearing. Really just working in, in the subtle realms in a variety of ways. <laughs> well, um, if, you know, for those who are listening with their archetypal ear right now, which I hope you are, I can hear so much of your Venus square Neptune, um, just that profound relation that you have to the sacred and to the subtle realms and that you really channel that through your heart in a very, very compassionate, um, unconditionally loving way. And you know, I think so much of what you bring is incredibly heart-centered um, and also very creative. It's a big part of who you are as well as an artist. I mean, you make music, you sing, you chant, um, you play different instruments, uh, you create jewelry, and all of it is in a form that honors um the sacred and honors the spiritual and the transpersonal realms, which you're so deeply connected to. Uh, and then of course that profound, um, beautiful sensitivity that you carry as well. Mm. Thank you so much for those reflections. I'm really, you know, taking them in and, and then as I notice what happens that there's something I actually was just sharing with my new supervisor who does psychodrama and, and expressive arts, I was pulling some cards before our, our supervision session. And, and one of the cards, I, I recognized that there was a place in me that I'm still trying to step into, which is um, really being able to like take on the identity of artist that mm-hmm. 
there's a there's a way that like even though I have like my my books and my doorway and all this stuff, like there's something about like claiming myself as an artist that I'm still like learning how to step into. So the fact that you you named that, um, I, I just really feel like that's an affirmation from the universe. So thank you for saying. Yeah, you know, as I mentioned, we're in between eclipses right now, and this um, previous eclipse that um, just happened, um, happened um, in uh, about 15 degrees uh, Gemini sun, 15 degrees Sag moon. And that's right on Neptune in the sky. And um, at the time, Venus as well. So uh, this last eclipse, gosh, what date was that? Um, that was like June 5th, I believe. Um, that that uh, powerful lunar eclipse, which has accelerated so much, <clears throat> excuse me, was on a Venus square Neptune. Mm-hmm. And that Venus square Neptune in the sky was exactly to the degree aligned with the Venus square Neptune in your birth chart and the eclipse was activating it in a grand cross. So um, it makes sense to me that that's potent and alive for you right now um, because it's in your birth chart, it's in the sky, there's a resonance there. But then the eclipse, as they do, you know, just as psychedelics are nonspecific amplifiers of consciousness, um, eclipses are nonspecific accelerators of consciousness. Mm. And um, they tend to, uh, in a very vivid and potent way, bring into whatever they're touching both in the sky and in our chart. And for you, that happens to be the very same archetypal complex of Venus-Neptune. And, Mm. you know, Venus specifically relating to the artist and with Neptune um, in your chart, it shows us that a lot of your path of healing and wholeness that you're moving on is about the artist and becoming whole through um, reclaiming the artist and and all of the healing that happens for you and for others as you do that. Mm. Hmm. Thank you for for naming that because what I'm feeling into as you're describing that is like the relationality as the spiritual communion. Mm. You know that that it's about you know, work with clients, work with, you know, aspects and parts of myself, working with the archetypes, working with different entities and realms, you know, uh, that I just feel like there's, it's, there's such a richness of relationship on all these levels that I'm, I'm really feeling as you're describing that. And, and it does have this, this, this deeply sacred quality to it. I think that's something that's always struck me about you and your work um, is that real um, awareness that then turns into reverence of relationality. I mean, you mentioned that, you know, we used to be, we used to be neighbors and um, we lived in this beautiful, I would call it Redwood Grove uh, Mm -hmm. sanctuary and, and, on the Berkeley Oakland border in the Bay area of California. And, um, for several years we were neighbors and you lived in this amazing fairy cottage. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I mm-hmm. always experienced it when I'd come over mm-hmm. and, um, I'd literally walk out my door. I'd walk down my driveway that was lined with these gorgeous, gorgeous redwood trees. And then at the end of the driveway, there you were <laughs> in your awesome, beautiful sanctuary. And we used to go to each other's houses and, exchange this work. And when I would enter into your home, it often for me had a very Venus Neptune quality in it, just the way that it was decorated with all of your sacred imagery and the lighting. You had all of these tarot cards and mandalas and your living altar that was constantly in motion and was reflective of your process and the process that you were working on with your clients and the people in your community. And so everything that you were doing to me was honoring uh, all the relations. And Mm. I think that that's a very clear um, experience when anybody meets you. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. And on the other side of that, there was this, it was like a mini retreat or pilgrimage for me when I would leave my little cottage and then go up the hill <laughs> to your your place and, and sit there and, and be and soul open with you communing and receiving 
your insights and the way that I felt so seen. I feel so seen by you that it it's it's a healing in and of itself to be connected with in that way. Mm. And I, I so appreciate that and the way that you can, you know, match the resonance and, and meet people, meet your clients, meet me, meet, you know, the, the loved ones in your life that, that I witness, you know, that it's such a gift to, to hold the way that you do and see the way you do. I feel like there's a, there's a deep honoring that you, carry inside of each of the people they are coming into contact with through the the lens of their charts but but really through the the resonance with their souls mm-hmm. and both both are are let levels and aspects of the same thing i believe mm-hmm. yeah soul resonance and uh archetypal resonance through the chart i mean I, I say this sometimes that i think the sacred marriage that we're all seeking for in life is the um, divine communion of our soul and our birth chart, you know, our soul as the eternal part of us um, and our birth chart as the manifestation and expression of this particular incarnation that we have as a human being on planet earth at this time um, in this space, you know, position of space time. It's like the backdrop of our eternal soul coming into space time and we get to see that coordinate system um, uh, of our psycho-spiritual process and so much more through the birth chart. And that really embodiment and participation is about how do we bring that eternal part of us as our soul into this particular, you know, sacred geometry of our chart to bring about the fullest expression of whatever it is that, you know, in all the ways that we're here to be and live in this life. And for me, so much of what magic is for me is seeing the soul resonance and seeing the archetypal resonance come together and the beautiful new creations that emerge out of that process that seems like it can only really happen um, you know, in, in being human and being in this particular dimension and realm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This proving ground, this alchemical vessel of like breaking open and becoming more and more deeply intimate, I think, with with everything we come into contact with. And when I say contact, I think I, I think of that sort of gestalt concept of like the, like contact of, of souls like you're speaking to. And I and I believe that that therapy also, you know, holds this quality of recognizing the other as a unique manifestation of the divine embodied and with unique gifts for this time. Mm. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that you're a year out from getting your licensure. You know, you're you're practicing there in the Bay Area, and um, you you know you're you're a holistic psychotherapist. You um, also have two master's degrees from the California Institute of Integral Studies. Mm-hmm. You did the philosophy, cosmology, and consciousness program, and then you went into the integral counseling psychology program. Mm-hmm. And while you were doing all of that, (laughs) you also were getting trained in various modalities that you mentioned some of, like Uh Kashuk record reading, Shaka rebalancing. Like there's so many things that you bring. It's it's incredible Uh to witness. And seeing you bring that more and more into your work and into your practice. And I think what's really special about bringing together these different disciplines and worldviews is that it's the ability to bring in a soul-centered cosmology into the healing modalities like psychotherapy mm-hmm. and, you know, hence calling it holistic psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you mentioned um, kind of diving into this idea of soul purpose. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you wanted to speak at all just from your experience of like, what is soul purpose 
how have you seen it in your life or how have you seen it in your clients' lives? Like, what does that mean to you? And like, what is some of your understanding of why we're here as humans? Mm -hmm. Thank you for the invitation to dive in to this. This feels like it's so close to my heart. Um, and I, I believe that there, through my own lived experience and, and working with clients, I feel that there's a direct connection between, um, and we could call this like the, the key to initiation, right? That, that there's a way that things get opened up and our gifts get activated through our spiritual emergence processes, you know, and I, I, I use, and I'm now using the, the term spiritual emergence to be sort of the awakening into through trauma, through suffering, through spontaneous awakening, through psychedelic experience, through meditation, etc. That there's a way that when we are um, opened, right? And, and I work with many, many uh folks who are um, going through psychic opening, which is one of the subcategories of spiritual emergence, um, also kundalini awakening, um, near-death experience. Um, there's many, many nuanced ways to uh, understand the, um, the different aspects of spiritual emergence. Um, but, the, but the ones that tend to find me are the ones who are going into um, psychic opening, meaning that they're coming more and more into contact with the subtle realms and um, how to manage that um, and how to then um, see that these are the opening of gifts, which is related to soul purpose. So I think of that connection between um, uh, what's happening on the planet now as catalyst and also like our souls being activated uh, in this time specifically so that we can offer our gifts. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Can you say more about that? Because I think what you're saying is extremely powerful. Mm. You're, you're connecting our personal experience with the collective experience. You're not just connecting it, but you're saying there's a reason, there's an intelligence behind why those two things are happening simultaneously. And perhaps if we could recognize that more maybe it would help us um, open up to both of it more mm. together mm -hmm. yeah uh, that there's a way that like the the concept of like telos is coming to mind which is like sort of the the point out in time evolutionarily speaking, that's pulling us to it, to our full expression, to um, our, our greatest capacity as human beings on this planet. And also what that looks like for each one of us is a multi-lifetime process of evolution. So within each incarnation, there are things that, you know, as you're working with a chart, for example, you see that there are areas of growth or um, opportunities uh, for, for deeper development uh, of within oneself that, that the chart shows within the different aspects and also the, the shadow and light manifestations of the archetypes. And I feel like there's, there's a way that these are connected because we are needed. We are needed to be in the roles that we are being called to be in, that we are being asked by the universe to be in so that we can be of service to this time of, of transformation, of, of collective healing. And when I, when I use the word healing, yeah, it's, it's wholeness weaving. It's, it's transformation for the sake of becoming more and more uh, able to hold um, all of the parts of ourselves and all of the parts of the world and and um, create and co-create with one another in the universe. So it's a calling forth from the universe to yeah. step into our roles in service of being present and contributing to what's happening right now 
on this planet. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's a sacred contract that calling forth from the universe. And in connection with astrology, we can see certain aspects of that sacred contract or contracts of that calling forth from the universe seen in the teleological unfolding of our life, our evolutionary development as a human being in the chart, which then gets activated and catalyzed through our personal transits, the world transits in the sky, forming its sacred geometry to our birth chart, which then opens up, breaks open ourselves and our soul to be called forth and to step into these different roles that we're stepping into right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a miracle. I mean, that's just, it's incredible that any of that is happening. Mm -hmm. But I think in relationship to bringing astrology in, to really take in that that's what astrology can show us, that the universe is in a very real structural way set up to show us this evolutionary unfolding of being called forth by the universe, that which we are in sacred relation with all the time, mm-hmm. to step more fully into ourselves to create and co-create and participate uh, with one another and with the divine and what's happening here on earth. Like the fact that that is literally woven into the structure of our solar system and that we have the ability to perceive it by looking at the movement of the planets that like, it's like the universe wants us to see it. The universe wants us to see the universe seeing us. Mm -hmm. Yes. And what becomes possible when we actually take that in. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Like awe in the true sense of the word. Like, you know, it's the more we stretch ourselves to be able to comprehend that, the more it becomes more and more impossible to really fully understand i mean and that's the work you know is that we keep striving to put language on it and to put it into action and to to show up more and more fully uh and yet it always feels like there's the it's it's this never-ending deepening isn't it that i feel like we're being also called and challenged to you know keep keep moving forward inward outward in all directions to to meet this yeah it's an ever deepening process and as you said it's a process of of wholeness weaving i mean we're we're constantly weaving ourselves more and more into the fabric of existence on karmic levels mm-hmm. and by being alive and by engaging with life and participating with life, we are weaving our soul in with the soul of everybody else around us and the soul of the universe, the soul of the earth, Yanamumundi. It's like there's this constant weaving that's taking place. And I think that that stretching you're talking about in order to hold all the parts of ourselves and of the world is like, how do we weave in all the parts together into a greater and greater coherent, meaningful story Mm -hmm. that makes us want to live, makes us want to be better people, makes us want to show up more because the benefit, the reward of doing that is so great that it keeps us wanting to evolve, to die and be reborn again and again and again as the phoenix rises from the ashes, even though that process can sometimes be grueling and agonizing and terrifying and seemingly destroying us utterly. And yet there's something about it that keeps us going and going because that deepening and that wholeness weaving somehow somehow makes all of it worth it and then some. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as you were speaking, I was really 
uh, tuning into power chakra, I was just really feeling this, this, this strength and this power and this, this fire really like as you were, it's like the, the, the will to continue to show up for it, for the work, you know, just really, really feeling into that as you described that and, you know, having lots of scenes of, you know, different lifetimes and, um, Sort of like the zooming out the of time, you know, on on this planet of of the suffering and the and the beauty and all of it. That there's just there's so much to to yes, continue to be in awe of and to show up for. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering in in this you know connection with soul purpose in this time of transformation, if there's anything that you've seen in your work um, that you look to in the birth chart for yourself or for your clients to kind of help guide you or bring greater clarity and understanding for how we might get a better sense of what that could be for each of us individually. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's a, a trifecta that, that points to some things that, that is a kind of like a, it's like a way, it's an entry point or a portal. It's sort of like a triangle portal that then like, that's how I get in. You know, it's kind of like when I'm doing the Akashic work, I go in through the portals of the chakras and the body because that's, as a somatic empath, that's how, you know, uh, the work like communicates itself. And then once I'm in the portal, then the visions and, and the storylines and, and all of that shows itself to me. So in the same way, like when I'm working with the chart, it's like if I go in through Chiron or if I go in through the true node and then we add the midheaven to really have an understanding of like that outward sort of, you know, manifestation of, of vocation, I'd like those three to me are 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 really landing a key again, right? The key to initiation is Chiron and um and I feel like that I think and, and you mentioned story too and I wanna I wanna name that about Chiron that that's why I use the word the phrase wholeness weaving um because the wounded healer is is only the first half of the journey. That's the you know, it's like if we have the descent and the and the resurrection, it's wounded healer, wholeness weaver. So it it feels like we need to kind of honor the whole story of Chiron in order to understand that the role of that being in terms of the chart. And then the true node feels like it's something I'm for me. I'm constantly striving to uh, to know and understand more deeply. Um, in terms of how to be of service, what is right service? What is the structure and the, and ethics and holding and attunement and like it's like this constant refining work that um, that I feel like that access, you know, that access like the Piscean Virgoan access that really. Um, reminds me of like, you know, the lifetime of, of being sort of disembodied, but so like unified with the oneness of, of the universe, you know, and then how do we like manifest that um, on earth and in bodies and in time and space and in this particular moment um, and in this particular session or, or client or ceremony? So those are those are the the ways that I those are some entry points for me when I think about mm. soul purpose. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love I love you calling it an entry point. I love you know you calling it a portal. And ever since you know I heard you talk about Chiron as wounded healer, wholeness weaver, that's definitely how I carry that energy as well. And I think it's really. Um, critical what you're saying here about how the wounded healer is only the first half of the story. And I was wondering if you could maybe share a little bit more about how you see that, how it's the first half of the story and that, um, that it would be important to understand that and how we hold that archetype in our psyche and also in our birth chart. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. I, I love communing with Chiron. I feel like there's such a, I mean, as, as, a, as a guide, I feel like he's constantly informing me and teaching me about it, about himself, about the way that he represents in the world and in these times and, and for me personally too. Um, so the, first of all, the, the, the phrase, um, uh, wholeness weaver. So uh, wounded healer, wholeness weaver comes from Barbara Han Clow and, and, um, I love her work on this because it feels, and she does connect, um, Chiron to Virgo as well. And so since I have my Trinidad in Virgo, I felt really, you know, sort of a deep resonance with, with her work around that. And, um, so, yeah, I remember I, I once, you know, was speaking about, um, the, the relationship between, um, Chiron and Christ, um, and in terms of like which aspect of the the myth to, or the story do we focus on, and you know where does the energy kind of get stuck, um, and what is the way to kind of complete the story? And I think that that you know is is a way of understanding the initiatory process, which is it you know it, we have to move through the wound to the other side, and 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 a way to do that is to recognize that yes, trauma itself impacts the system such that there are moments and responses that uh, separate us right from the body or from the energetic system and these like splits happen right and we talk about soul retrieval we talk about you know energy healing and and, and past life healing and all of these things and ancestral which you know I'm, I'm definitely wanting to to delve more into that there's a way that chiron points to you know, the way that like as an entry point, it's like that, that is a way to understand the whole, the whole lens of our lives. And that if we see life as an initiation, that, that the experiences of trauma or suffering or, um, or what has happened to us, right? That's one way to, to phrase it. Another way to say it is um, what has occurred so that we can begin to understand deeper and deeper levels of ourselves and our own gifts can begin to manifest. And the way that we say the story makes a difference in how, that, um, how that's held in the body and the energy system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that we're talking a little bit about like the magic of, of language here too and so that's why i think that wholeness weaving is a a phrase that that speaks to like what we were saying before about this interconnection deeper deeper awareness of our interconnection with all that is uh and understanding that there is a resurrection on the other side of the the descent and i think that that's an important part and a hopeful part and you know i say to my clients my my therapy clients a lot of times like you know i i understand that there are times when you can't hold the hope and that's why i'm here i'm going to hold the hope for you Mm. until you can beautiful (laughs) i love that i mean i can really really relate to that i think there's this aspect in the type of therapy we practice where you get to a certain part in the healing journey where the client is like you know, and, and totally understanding desperation and despair of like, why has this happened to me? Like what, what's the meaning of, of this trauma and, 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 you know, how can I tell this story to myself in a way that doesn't make me a victim or that is the most empowering place to be coming from so that I can endure this and, and move towards that, um, eventual resurrection. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think so much of what we're doing is finding ways to tell the story and refining that process again and again. I, I, I know that in my own life, um, I'm constantly telling the story of my life and recounting it. And each time I do it, it's a, it's a process of integration. It's like, it's coming into me in a way that allows me to feel more connected and more loved and more seen and more held by myself, by the cosmos, by the divine, like 
especially the things that have been traumatizing and really confusing and hurtful and have taken years to work with and that I continue to work with. And it's like, how do I refine that story? So it becomes the most empowering story to have the wholeness weaving take place, that it does matter how I tell the story and that the story evolves as I evolve and go through the process of of understanding and integrating and finding new language and new words for being able to talk about what's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that I can live in this present moment uh, better than before. Yes, exactly. This crafting of the story, this curating. Yeah, it is. It's it that to me is also the art of therapy and the art of writing and and poetry and and the way and it really. I mean, to to say that it's anything less than creating reality would be not giving it the full power that it that it has. Yeah. And I'm feeling inspired if it if it's an all right time to to read a little portion. Um, it just feels really it's resonant here and it feels like it's the right time. Please, I'd love to hear what you have to share. Thank you. So this is beauty, imagination, and the gift of the heart broken open. The message lies in the transformative potential of the aesthetic dimension to touch something so deep that it accesses places that seem unreachable, so defended by the agolacolons of coaxes that the stratum of protection creates a numbness, a traumatized core of isolation and suffering, chiseling, carving, drilling, all produce more scar tissue. This lonely, shivering child in the darkness cries out for help, saying, Why am I alone down here? Taking on the mantle of the raw disconnect, the heartbreak, protecting the ego from that desolation while hiding away in the unconscious. The seed of this wound is actually the proving ground for its deepest compassion, the potential to truly experience intimacy. But then, unexpectedly and uncannily, that single note, the color, the movement of pure beauty slices right through, unimpeded, knife through butter or warm flesh, eviscerating and amputating, leaving no possibility of protection. The recognition of another time, another place, another life, seen in the eyes of the lover, a remembering. And then art pours out from the wound like blood, the collective unconscious, the holographic memory of war and rape and birth and death, of bliss and fiery rage like the colors of the palette. Words upon the page, dance upon the stage, an acknowledgement of something recognizable and wholly universal, yet in this manifestation totally unique and never before seen and never to be witnessed in this way ever again. (sighs) (laughs) i love it you wrote that Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's actually in my in my new book holding sacred space (laughs) oh i love that so much it's incredibly powerful Mm. yeah yeah there's a lot that came up for me in that sharing um I guess part of what I want to do is see if I can speak to some of Chiron in your chart and and connect it with some of this poetry that you just shared. Mm. Would that be all right with you? I would love that. Thank you. Yeah. So um, for anyone who wants to look at Michelle's birth chart, um, she's born July 27th, 1978 at 12.52 a.m. in Knoxville, Tennessee. So what strikes me is your moon is in Taurus, um, virtually exactly rising, coming over the ascendant at the moment of your birth, and Chiron is there. So you're born with a moon-Chiron conjunction in Taurus, really tight, three degrees, and it's rising. So um, 
it makes sense why the archetype of Chiron would be so strong for you because it's really how you move through the world moment to moment and how you meet the world and how the world meets you moment to moment. Um, the ascendant often can be thought of as a portal, the portal through which we move through reality moment to moment. And so for you, Chiron is a very strong um, and significant um, energetic vibration that you move through the portal of life and the portal of life meets you. But it's not just Chiron, it's also the moon. And I think this is also a part of why you connect so deeply to it being wholeness weaver. There's something for me about the moon and all her relations um, that has to do with wholeness and um, the holy other that makes up um, all of us in life. And what I would do if I was, if I was using your kind of soul purpose chart, which I love the, the method that you're describing here is I would say, okay, this, this moon Chiron rising that the, the wounded healer part, the first half of the story would indicate that there is potentially trauma around mother, um, around family of origin, around early childhood experience that really your initiation into life from the very beginning, which is what the moon represents, has been one of significant wounding and significant trauma that it was there from the beginning or at least very, very early on um, as a young girl, uh, as the little Michelle mm -hmm. and the moon being our inner child. And it's like, it's such a vulnerable place to have the position of the moon to, for it to be rising um, and then to also have Chiron there, it's like you were born in and through vulnerability and that there's really no escape from that. There's no way around that, that your portal um, is through vulnerability and through your emotional body. You said that you are a, a somatic empath. You know, that's very much the moon rising, the somatic part of you, but the empath is that moment to moment that's you. That's how everything is being processed through you. And, um, and so then I would say as far as soul purpose goes and, 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 and looking at the kind of second half of Chiron is the wholeness weaver is that through that wound and that trauma of mother early childhood and the gift that you have of being a somatic empath that this life through the um, remothering and reparenting that you're doing for yourself through all of these sacred modalities that you use, um, you then become a sacred vessel and container for other people to do that very holy work with you, that the wholeness weaving you're doing both for yourself, but of course we know ultimate wholeness weaving is also when we do it in communion with others. And that also speaks to the relationality of the moon and focusing on the other and helping other people reparent and remother themselves and coming more into their um, somatic experience and to learn to trust their body and their feelings and their emotions and weaving that more and more into their experience and especially people that you work with who are highly sensitive people and working in the subtle realms that you're helping people weave in those connections in a meaningful way. So it moves from being on the spectrum of what can often be seen as pathological um, in this culture, in our society, in the medical model of therapy, even to actually sacred contracts that are being called forth by the universe and the gifts that are there that lie within that. And it's in Taurus. So it's a very embodied, sensual experience that very much focuses on, on the bodies of the people that you work with and the body of the earth and allowing that um, sacred connection to be there so that that wholeness weaving can take place. But by fully honoring the first half of the story and the descent piece, which is there is real trauma there, there is real wounding there, and there is a real breaking down and really breaking open that is taking place that you often describe in your spiritual emergence work. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Thank you so much for, for seeing me and sharing that. I... I really feel the the importance here when we when we talk about the first half of the story, the the descent and the 
the breakdown and the trauma, which is, I think, why it's so important to have that, that level of attunement and that level of sensitivity, you know, because um, I think that's, that's in service to being trauma-informed and, um, and really holding the work in that way. I think that that's what's needed when we're working with really sensitive and, and open um, folks who, you know, have gone through uh, challenging and traumatic experiences. Yeah. Mm. I think the the very kind of earth-centered focus of your chart is very clear. You mentioned before in talking about your true node being in Virgo, therefore your south node in Pisces, it's like coming from this experience of being in communion with the all, the oneness, and then learning how to come into this particular moment, this particular body, this particular incarnation, and the refining process of doing that. It's all a very Virgo quest. Um, so when you combined your uh, moon in Taurus with the Chiron in Taurus and your rising sign in Taurus, we have triple earth there, and then your true node in Virgo in the sixth house, plus you have three other planets in Virgo, Mars, Venus, and Saturn. When you combine that, with finishing off the third leg of the earth sign grand trine of your midheaven being in Capricorn. I think a lot of your understanding of soul purpose and the work that you're here to do is a very actually earthly experience about learning how to come more into the body of, of oneself and the body of the earth and that refinement process that's taking place that often can be difficult and challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but also where we discover so much of our potential and our gifts here in this particular incarnation. So I can just really hear that strong kind of earth trinity, talk about a trifecta Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of using your model of looking at uh, entry points, Chiron, the true node and the midheaven, Mm -hmm. you know, for you, that's all very earth centered experience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And for me and, you know, folks that resonate with, with the work, the way that I do it, it's like I'm reflecting on, you know, I, I used to be a biology teacher <laughs> as well. And, and, and another, you know, manifestation of, you know, this life. And um, that still informs my work, you know, understanding the ecological, understanding um, the cellular, <laughs> you know, that, that we are um, made up of cells and, and organisms inside our gut and, you know, on our skin. And like we, we are, you know, an e- ecosphere ourselves. And then, you know, recognizing too that then each of us makes up the cells of the body of the earth. And so the whole lens of Sacred Container, that's from my first book. And this idea that, you know, we're all sort of uh, embodied and, and and enclosed and encapsulated and in one another and and on the planet and you know as I've you know in in the last you know ten years or something as my my psychic opening really expanded I became in, more and more in contact with the other beings and realms of the the subtle dimensions uh, times and planes so um, it feels like this real integration for me now of like really being grounded and embodied and connected to the earth and really working with the the subtle realms to be able to make this, you know, the, the bridge, the rainbow bridge. I'm curious, you know, as a somatic empath, how is it that you experience your connection with the subtle realms and the beings there? Like, how is it that you get access to that communication that you receive from those places and those beings? Mm. Well, I think, you know, uh, my first channel was the somatic. Um, but as I was having my Kundalini process, I think my, my upper channels, you know, my, my clear audience, clear um, cognizance and um, clairvoyance began to, to open since my spiritual emergence and emergency process. So um, I, I, I think I'm, I'm multimodal, but I think my primary uh, channel is, is the body and energy in the body. Um, but then it opens up to the other dimensions. And, you know, especially studying when, you know, I've, I've studied for almost a 
decade with Lisa Barnett doing the Akashic work. And um, I feel like that accessing that realm um, has really helped me refine my capacity to see and um, to deepen into that. And although, like I, I mentioned, I still access it in, from the, in the beginning of the session through the body and the chakras, because those are my, my main channels of, of experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's a little more integrated now. It's interesting. I mean, I've, I don't know if you have an answer to this or not from knowing me or spending time with me, but do you have a sense of like what, uh, mine would be? I mean, I, I, I don't, I've never really identified it. Um, I mean, I definitely identify as being an empath and a highly sensitive person, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say that mine's somatic the way that I access, um, information from other places or the way that if you, you know, I channel things. It's not my experience of it. I was just wondering, mm. do you do you have a sense of it at all, or mm-hmm. what are or what are my options? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think that's that's great, and we can almost think of the chakras as actually different channels of of uh, psychic capacity too. So I think the lower chakras really, you know, are, are the body, and then we move up, and then there's the heart, and so really thinking about like the 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 feeling center the heart center and I really I really feel you as a as a feeler that way as like receiving it like through the the channel of the heart you know um but also the throat I definitely hear you channeling you know too Mm -hmm. so third and throat and heart maybe Mm-hmm. Does that resonate? Yeah, that resonates for me. I'm definitely a feeling function person. I I experience and process reality through feelings. Um, it's how I know and remember things. It's mm-hmm. all through it's all through feeling. I mean, I sometimes joke and say that like I don't actually see the physical world around me. Like I don't. I I, I often am not marveling at the colors and the shapes and the the actual outer world. That's not how I experience it. I experience it through how it feels to me. Mm. Um, People, places, things. It's, it's, it's all a a feeling. And that's also where my memory is stored Mm -hmm. and my ability to tune in and, and, and track and remember things. So like my ability to weave in a story of a person with their chart, it's, it's through feeling, um, but also clearly my throat, my mind, my, my son Mercury conjunction with Neptune, the ability to articulate it and I can see it and I can tell the story, which that those two things don't always necessarily go together. I mean, I work with a lot of people who have very strong intuition and strong feeling, um, but not necessarily the same level of speaking or articulating. Mm. Um, and so there's something there about my ability with my mind to track things, I, I, to, to see the patterns and then for the patterns to click kind of instantaneously mm-hmm. without me really having to think about it. But I, like, yeah, I'm just like, how do I pick up on, you know, starting off us talking today with the Venus Neptune and the artist? How, how am I picking mm-hmm. up on that? That's something that's alive for you. I had zero conscious idea that mm-hmm. that was the case. Mm-hmm. Yet my ability just to kind of dive right into the heart of the matter, so to speak. <laughs> exactly. And I've always been that way. Uh, I was, I've been that way since I was born. And on the one hand, I've often been seen as being gifted in that way. And on the other hand, um, it's caused me a lot of problems and heartache because it's largely not been a conscious experience. And so I'll be like hanging out with someone and I'll just I'll just somehow end up right into the heart of the matter. Mm. And I think depending on the person and our relationship, they're kind of like, how are you doing this? Or what are you doing? Or why are you doing this to me? Or, Mm. you know, whatever. And it's just like, oh, I have no, I have no idea. Right. Like this is just happening. It's gotten better as I gotten older and there's more defined containers around the work that I do. I save my channeling for the most part for the work with my clients and my students. And when I'm outside of that space, um, I turn the valve down and I I am not just walking around doing that anymore because I recognize that that is what's happening. 
Um, so, you know, it's definitely getting better as I get older, but it's like, I have no idea where that comes from or why it happens. It just, it just does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've definitely experienced that with you, that the channeling. And I think sometimes like, because we, we both have that, that sort of intuitive function, like the universe speaking through us and, and, you know, working in that way, I think it sort of has an invitational quality when we're uh, in contact. So I love that. That's why I think when we were talking about this, I was like (laughs) co-channeling, you know? (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I, but I definitely just wanted to, to recognize that you said something really important, which is um, how to, how to work with creating container around those gifts. And that's, that's something that I definitely, like I, was sharing it. I love working with clients who are, who are going through psychic opening because then it's about like the, the fact that they have these gifts and that you have this this gift and that you've learned how to um, modulate it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's such a a huge and important um, part of the the process of of working with the gifts because like I I know there was a process where I I was completely overstimulated and fried my circuits so to speak so i know that that's you know it's like as we're opening and you said you know you've 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 had this your whole life and and you know there's definitely um gifts that were are kind of like contracted in that were that were born with and there's gifts that can also be um activated or catalyzed uh that maybe were inherent but just not not completely activated yet and then i think there are gifts that also can be um trained into mm-hmm. into being so i think everyone mm-hmm. has the capacity to deepen their intuitional capacities yeah mm-hmm. yeah i find that um as i get older my gifts are getting stronger but they're also yeah getting more refined and contained mm-hmm. because they're not just happening 24 <laughs> 7 like yeah. they used to <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah, okay, an open oracle, twenty four seven of the day. Here we go, you know. And like the the problem side of that, mm-hmm. not to mention that that's not sustainable and draining for me, is that it karmically it used to karmically entangle me mm-hmm. with people unbeknownst to me, like not consensually. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be in these like really deep stories, mythologies with people. I didn't even know. I would, I didn't even know that that was what was happening because of what I was speaking to, speaking directly to the wound, speaking directly mm-hmm. to the gift, speaking whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm so thankful post-Saturn return whew, that that is not my reality anymore. Yeah. Uh, yes. Because it's just too much. It is. On, for everybody. That's right. That's right. <laughs> for, that- for everybody, for the other person as well. <laughs> That's right. That it actually is, is, you know, a benefit for you to not be channeling constantly outside of, you know, container and then for them to not, you know, be seen. Maybe, maybe some people aren't ready to be seen that deeply or or they're not able to hold that in that moment. Um, And like you said, the entanglements, it's, it's almost like there's, there's a way that you didn't even realize how deeply you were getting involved in the goings on of the soul (laughs) of these dynamics, right? And that's the gift. And that's why when you do it in container, it's so powerful, uh, whether it's in your, in your courses or in your therapy, that it's, it's, it's actually, it's potent. It's, it's seeing as well as engaging with these energies. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I've just drawn my aura way in when I move through the world. Um, I no longer, for the most part, am alchemically mixing with everyone around me. I think I used to walk through the world and alchemically mix with every person I saw in the day mm-hmm. and to, to, to a greater or lesser extent. And of course, I just had no idea. And I think when you combine that with the fact that you know, in, in my childhood, I was, I was revered for that ability, but with very little guidance around that it was an ability. And that's something that needs protection and boundaries for safety, health, and well-being. Mm-hmm. And so the cultivation of Saturn and boundary work 
around these Neptunian gifts. And, you know, thankfully been able to, you know, find tools along the way to help me implement that. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like a fierce sacred protection of saving those abilities for when I'm in the container as therapist, astrologer, teacher, and that it's both for me and my health and well-being, but also for the client out of respect to them and the integrity of them showing up and investing in our work that I am going to resource myself and save myself for those moments instead of just freely and again, non-consensually giving that away to everybody as I move through the world because an old belief system was that my, my worth, my place in the world was defined by being that for everybody all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, That that's a huge shift to make as far as self-worth and identity formation goes. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad that you're resourcing yourself and like honoring that gift in a way that you, you, you can make that distinction that it's not for everybody all the time. It's for these sacred contracts and these moments that you turn it on and, and become that, that it's, that your, your value is inherent uh, and that you have this gift and then you can offer that to those in this, you know, contained and consensual way with, with their commitment to, to do that work. And totally not to, to wish my life away. I, just, I look forward, you know, to, to uh, when I'm an elder and in my, whatever you want to call it, crone years, I suppose. And, you know, just be like, man, I fucking whittled this shit down so well that like, it's fucking off, it's fucking off. And when it's off, it's off, motherfuckers. And when it's on, oh, baby, it is on. <laughs> oh, Michelle, oh, well, we are coming to the end of our particular container here on Stream 20. And I just want to say with this um, moon Chiron conjunction in the sky right now, that's exact. I just think it's so fitting, everything that we got to stream on together today and in between these eclipses and with Mercury stationing to go retrograde. It's just such a potent and wild time right now. And I'm so grateful um, to know you and to have you in my life and for all of the insight and healing and empowerment that you've brought into my world. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the deer skin drum that you also brought into my life that I've resurrected and been playing again. Mm-hmm. So um, just so much there to say and to feel, but I, I want to, um, I want people to know how they can find you and contact you. And, um, if you just want to share like, yeah, how do, how do people find all your amazing offerings, including the two books that you have written Mm. and published, uh, becoming sacred space and holding sacred space. So Mm. yeah, I'd love for you to share that. Thank you. Um, and thank you so much for this opportunity to be with you and to to capture the flow of what was coming through and it just it, the art of it. That's that's what I'm feeling is the art of of our energies as they and our souls as they come into contact. So it's been such a gift to be with you today and and to have you as a soul sister and continue this healing journey. Mm-hmm. together and um yes thanks for naming the titles of my books and you can get those on on amazon uh or book baby and bubble press and um you can also find out more about um my my work uh at creating sacred space with michelle.com uh and uh look for uh kyle buller and i's course uh, awakening healers uh, we're going to be starting to uh, curate our fall cohort soon uh, speaking of spiritual emergence and soul purpose that's sort of what that's all about <laughs> so um, really excited uh, for another another session of that and um, thank you again so much for, for being 
here with you today. Yeah, I think um, the course that you're offering with Kyle is really important. And I think a lot of people listening could benefit from taking it. So definitely check that out. Um, For all of you who listened to me on Psychedelics Today on that um, awesome podcast I did with Kyle on Psychedelics and Astrology and also the shadow panel that I did, that's Kyle. He's fantastic. Uh, Michelle Ashley was the one that introduced me to Kyle, which I'm so grateful for. Mm. And now they're going to be teaching again together. And so if you can get into this fall cohort, I really suggest that you do if that calls to you. And you can find out more information about that and definitely check out Michelle's website and her books. And just have to say in all the different modalities I've worked with with you, it's really special to get to be in that space, whether that's an Akashic record reading or doing the chakra work and, you know, when we were in person, body work. I mean, it was just so many different gifts that you bring. So, um, yeah, everyone, thank you so much for being on stream 20, 2.0. Made it, baby. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being on this sacred journey with us. Sending you all blessings. This is Stream. I'm Jessica Deruta here with Michelle.